In the wake of Me Too, Time's Up, and the growing list of public figures who have been called out for sexual assault and misconduct, it can seem like exciting, spontaneous, and satisfying sex is an unattainable ideal. That sex is too deeply buried beneath misinformation, violence, and shame to be enjoyed anymore. And yet, I know from personal experience that that is not true. Despite the odds, people are having great sex all the time, but they don't always get the chance to talk about it. Well, today, listeners, I'm here to change that. My name is Robin, and this is The Peak. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Peak, a talk show about what makes good sex good. I am your host, Robin, and today I am joined with my good friend, Lainey. How's it going, Lainey? Hi, Robin. It's going great. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Cool. Um, so why don't we get started with you introducing yourself to the listeners? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess the most important things to know, my name is Lainey. I currently live in Salt Lake City and I'm attending the University of Utah attempting to finish my philosophy degree, which has taken me like five years already, but everyone has their own timetable. And I ultimately like writing. I want to be a writer and I live up here with my partner and it's great. Fantastic. Um, So my first main question uh, for the episode is, um, how would you describe your sexual identity and your sexual personality? Hmm. So as far as I've thought about it, my sexual personality, I think, is a little bit easier for me to describe than my sexual identity. Um, But I actually, I have a quote that I really like and that I think kind of encompasses what I think my sexual personality is. And from Timothy Leary, and he says, the dancing playful flow of life is in the most reverent sense sexual, forms merging, spinning together, reproducing, eros and its countless manifestations. Laugh joyously at the tricks of the life process, forever decking out forms in seductive, enticing patterns to keep the dance going. And the reason that I like this quote or that I think that it, kind of describes my sexual personality is because it's describing sex as more than just romance or um, the physical sexual intercourse, I guess, but as being just playful and part of the natural life process and just fun laughing. I, I just think of my sexual personality as, I hope, fun and open. Um, but as far as my identity, we've talked a little bit about this before, but I, I guess I'd call myself bisexual because I have had only sexual contact with cis men and cis women, and I love both of them, but I also feel like saying that is a little uncomfortable for me because it. I don't feel like it needs to be that exclusive. I'm pretty open to whatever happens. Um, 
in my sex life. So I guess my <laughs> sexual identity would just be open and sexual mm-hmm. in general. Awesome. Can I just say that I really, really appreciate you bringing this prepared quote to the interview. Um, no other guests have done that so far. Um, and I really love that, I don't know, style of using literature to describe yourself. I think that's really fantastic. Um, so great. Um, my my next main question is, can you describe for us your first sexual experience or um, a significant early sexual experience that you've had? Yeah, I'd love to. That question's actually kind of complicated for me too, because um, what my, in hindsight, what I think my first meaningful sexual experience was, um, at least with another person, um, versus what I used to think it was are two really different things. So, um, I grew up in a super religious household. I was raised Latter-day Saint. Um, and the narrative there surrounding sex is that first of all, first and foremost, (laughs) perhaps it is extremely heterosexual, um, and anything divergent from that is wrong. Um, and apart from that, it's supposed to be within a marriage, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's pretty common to a lot of like conservative religion. Um, but my point in bringing that up is that my first sexual experience was with one of my really close friends from high school, um, who was a woman or a young woman, I guess at the time, um, And we were just camping with my family and we were going to bed and I mentioned, or we got into a conversation about how I had never had passionate kiss with a boy before, um, with tongue. (laughs) And so I, I, one thing led to another, we started kissing each other for practice is kind of what the premise of that was. And then we ended up exploring just about everything else. Um, and I remember it being really fun and exciting and it felt naughty kind of like in a fun way, not naughty as in dirty, but you know, um, and we both felt love for each other and we've talked about it too since, and we need, neither of us felt awkward after the exchange, but I don't think I ever validated Mm -hmm. the experience as being like my first time um, because I've always conceptualized sex as being P and V penetrative. Like Mm -hmm. that's just kind of like the home run, you know, as they say. Um, And so my first sexual experience that I believed to be my first sexual experience for most of my life um, was with my, ex-husband. And so in my mind, I lost my virginity to him, um, which I did as far as penetrative virginity or heterosexual virginity. But um, yeah, I guess I consider now my first sexual experience to be that one with that close friend. And it makes more sense in my mind to think of it that way, because I definitely 
knew what sex mm-hmm. was because of that and what it meant and what it meant to me. So what did it mean to you? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> let me try to verbalize it. <laughs> uh, I think it just meant being open with your body um, or with my body. I felt completely comfortable being completely naked for the first time um, with another person. And there was no judgment and it was playful and innocent and like there was definitely strong emotional feelings. I don't know if I would describe them at least on my end as romance. Um, I don't think I would, but just love and intimacy. I don't know. And I think that applies for me now, but um, most of my sex since I'm in a partnership is definitely romantic. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, um, so you said that you didn't think of this, as you said, I guess like playful, um, intimate encounter you had with your friend as losing your virginity. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about how you did think of it and the way you two may have discussed it together? Yeah. You mean the friend and me? Yes. Um, Of course. Yeah. And first, I just want to clarify, I do think that that was losing my virginity. (laughs) Um, Or the way you felt at the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you're asking really hard questions. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's my job. At least the way we discussed it was exploration and we did it a few more times. Uh, In fact, I had a threesome with that friend last summer. Like we, I don't know, we just are pretty open and like to explore together. Um, But I think we both understood it to be, although there weren't like romantic feelings between us, a, an emotional intimate connection. And I don't think she actually thought of it as losing her virginity either, because we were both kind of raised like that, but you know, just somehow coincidentally open to exploring with each other and being open to sex in general, I think. Mm-hmm. Does that answer the question? <laughs> uh, kind of. I guess I was specifically wondering if if you called it anything, like if you called it hooking up or practice or experimentation at the time. I think we called it sex. Really? Um, yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> Having said that, I didn't consider it to be my first time. Um, maybe I was just delusional, but yeah, we, we definitely referred to it as having sex and. Wow. That's so interesting. Um, so you also mentioned that, um, you got married and you had sex with your now ex-husband. Um, will you talk about, uh, having sex for the first time with him? Yeah. Um, I think it was a lot more nerve wracking actually 
because it didn't happen naturally. Uh, there was a lot of fanfare around it just because everyone knew that we were going to have sex and they all assumed that we hadn't had sex, um, which we had definitely like explored sexually together, but there just wasn't the like sexual intercourse. We didn't have oral or anything, which is kind of played. Um, but I got married in the Mormon temple and in order to get married in the temple, you have to at least pass an ecclesiastical interview in which you say that you have not had sex. Um, at least like within that person or within like the past like 18 months is usually like the mm-hmm. time frame they put on it. Um, and I would have never at the time lied. So I, I made sure that I was technically a virgin <laughs> in their terms. And, um, but anyways, the point of that is that there was a lot of fanfare around it. Everyone knew that we were going to have sex. And so by the time that after the long day that was our wedding day, we got back to our bed and, bre- bed and breakfast hotel. Um, we were just really tired and I was a little bit jittery and uncomfortable just because um, I knew what was coming and mm-hmm. I was anticipating it, you know. Um, but my ex-husband, he picked me up and he threw me on the bed and we started trying to have penetrative sex, but it just hurt really bad. And <laughs> we tried using a ton of lube. It was funny because one of my friends uh, from high school who you know for my bachelorette party bought me a bunch of lube kind of as a joke. Um, but <laughs> it came in handy, at least for attempting to do it. Um but it didn't work out. It just was too painful. Um, which I want to say, uh, was not because his penis was too big or because I was a virgin, but because like, I just wasn't relaxed Mm -hmm. or aroused enough. Um, which I kind of thought, and I think a lot of people have the misconception that you can't have sex or it hurts really bad to have sex for the first time because your vagina is too tight or like, um, I I don't know what the, what the perception is, but I think it's like 99%. You're just not relaxed enough. You're not Mm -hmm. emotionally familiar yet. Um, Mm -hmm. but that was the case for me. So we, we got in the shower and we were naked and we bathed and we touched each other and just explored, each other's body parts without feeling like we were going to have to go to our bishop and confess later. And it was awesome. And we did oral a few times um, and then just snuggle and fell asleep. (laughs) But I remember the next morning going to church and feeling so weird because I knew everyone in the congregation was looking at us like, Oh, they've consummated the marriage. Like, (laughs) so I I don't know. I, I think part of the reason why I prefer to think of my experience with my friend in high school, not only because it just, I think is sex, but it was just more pleasant and more natural and um, more comfortable to me. But I, I still think that, the first time with my ex was special because I trusted him. He trusted me. He was really respectful and 
you know, we were learning together. I look back on it with fondness. Good. Um, yeah, you're right about the whole fanfare of marriage being the time when it like the event of a couple's first time and how it's sort of a public display. Um, that has always been sort of an I don't, I don't know, a weirdly invasive aspect of Christianity, in my opinion, because it's supposed to be like a very intimate thing that is about the couple, like, finding togetherness, but it's also, like, the talk of the town because it's like, oh, you know, they got married. It's, yeah, it's kind of controlling, like, people kind of get to control your first time in that way, and, like, I also think it's weird how my Christian grandparents won't let me stay with my partner at their place because we're not married, which is because they're afraid we're going to have sex. And it's like, why is that any of your business ever at all? (laughs) The world is a varied tapestry full of strangeness (laughs) and uh, wonder. Um, (laughs) Could you talk a little bit about... um, the communication between you and your partner on your wedding night, um, how you guys dealt with um, feeling uncomfortable and choosing to stop and do something else. I think I can give a little detail, although it is pretty foggy for me. Um, I think... I can't remember exactly what I said, but I just remember us trying it. And I I think my ex throughout, he was throughout our whole marriage, very considerate of my pleasure Mm -hmm. in bed, um, almost to a fault. (laughs) But um, so I'm sure he asked like a few times, is this feeling good? Does this feel right? Um, So I, I think I just, it voiced that and it felt completely comfortable to do so because he was like that. Um, and he didn't act disappointed. Um, he was just like, yeah, of course we'll try it another time. Like we can do it as many times as we want. Let's just do it how we want to tonight. And I think that's about, that's great. (laughs) What, what effective communication, um, Can you describe a little bit what you meant by considerate to a fault? Yeah. Um, God bless him, first of all, because I don't think enough men are considerate in bed to their uh, women partners. Because um, just I have not experienced this level of consideration pretty much until my current partnership, but, um, he would always ask if I was enjoying it, like is like basically asking, could I do something Mm -hmm. else? Like what feels better? He would go down on me every time we had sex, like as an instinct, um, and wouldn't, he refused to come until he knew that I had come. (laughs) wow I think that's kind of where the fault was I was it put a lot of pressure on me to come basically Um, wow I can imagine (laughs) 
So there, I, I expressed that to him too. I was, I was like, you need to just focus on yourself a little bit while we're having sex. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit blown away by that. I've, right. I mean, I mean, cool, but I, wow, I've never heard of another, um, straight cis man being that dedicated um, yeah with his first partner too like yeah I definitely see what you mean with consider it to a fault yeah. I think that that is an accurate description wow <laughs> wow and I could you speak at all to how consent is taught in the Mormon church? Is it taught at all? I, I really don't know that much about the church. Oh, God. Man, I will try to sum it down. First of all, I don't think that it's talked about basically at all. Um, and that's kind of the at best. You know, at best, I think the church just kind of blows over it. Like when in discussions about sex, it's never really brought up. And just real quick, I want to clarify, I, the church, I have a lot of problems with living here in Utah, like um, just it as an organization. But I think it was a little bit different the way I grew up just because it was far away from that. And it felt a little bit more like congregation based, but there still were these problematic ideas for sure. Mm -hmm. um, mostly it was talked about as far as like, you should understand that you guys aren't allowed to have sex yet kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so if someone's trying to have sex with you, you need to shut them down uh, and tell them that your purity is more important. Um, not stated exactly like that, but basically the emphasis on saying no or asking for permission is like, you need to tell your partner who is probably not Mormon because why else would they be asking that you have these standards? Um, but it wasn't talked about in the context of reality where people are having sex with each other. Um, happily. Um, but what was the second part of the question? You said how it was taught and then... Oh, my question was basically how is consent, um, if it is talked about in the Mormon church, how is it taught and described to people? I, you pretty much answered it. I was just curious because um, you clearly have um, a strong understanding of consent. And it sounds as though whether or not he was formally taught, your partner did as well. And so I was just curious, um, where your education about you consent had come from and possibly his, but you're the guest. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I don't think I was taught it at church. If I was, it was by um, or from the minds of my young women's leaders who were really cool and really down to earth and probably just trying to teach us the best they could. Um, but I, I think I learned probably some in school, 
um, that you need to set your boundaries. But I, I think he just kind of had a natural understanding because my understanding of consent continues to grow. Like I have recently come to learn that consent is continuous and it's not assumed because you're in a partnership or because you've had sex before or because you even started having sex already. Like you need to be aware of when you can tell that the person or you're not absolutely sure that the person is mm-hmm. way into it, you know, if they're questioning or feel uncomfortable or want to stop and they're exhibiting that with body language, you need to ask. Um, and women mm-hmm. need to ask. Like I hooked up a lot last summer after my divorce and every time I would ask the guy if he wanted to have sex, I just wanted it to be really clear. And <laughs> they would always be like, Oh mm-hmm. yes, of course. Why would you ask? You know, but it's not obvious mm-hmm. all the time. Anyway, that's my two cents on it. Cool. So you are, um, a person who got married very young. Um, I have had a couple of other married people on the show before, um, but they were both women in their 50s. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the experience of married life and coming to, and I mean, this is a very personal question. You don't have to go into it if you don't want to, and just go into it to the extent that you're comfortable. But you can, can you talk a little bit about um, leaving your marriage and sort of re-entering the world as an unmarried, sexually active person? Good question. Damn. <laughs> um, I think the main reason that I left my marriage, first of all, was just because I didn't feel the passion that I wanted to feel for another person and that I feel for my current partner. Mm -hmm. And I think it was in, in a sexual context, it was really restrictive because I wasn't completely like into my ex. I loved him and I think he's attractive, but there just wasn't sexual chemistry and that hurt so bad. Like I wanted it to be there so bad and it just wasn't. Um, and I, it's so complicated because while I left my marriage, I was at BYU and while I was hooking up, (laughs) I was at Mm -hmm. BYU. Um, I think like one time I came home after like a night of hooking up and I took the train home and then went straight to class at BYU. And it it just was a crazy time because I had these feelings of like, while I was still in the church, if I leave him, will anyone want me now that I'm not a virgin or um, that I've been married? And then it kind of developed into just excitement. I think after I left, And I finally accepted that I was leaving and doing what I needed to do and didn't realize consciously that I needed to do. I was at the same time 
liberated from my religious shackles too. And so I was just open and excited and ready to mm. be sexual. And I, I think one thing that kind of carried me through that was that I have always felt sexy. Like I, not in that I think I'm sexy to everyone else, but in that I love that I'm a sexual person. And I've always loved that despite or I guess in spite of growing up in the context that I did or mm-hmm. the, the way that I did. And this is kind of going all over the place, so I apologize. No, but I fine. think kind of just the ultimate experience was after I left, I was excited and happy and free. And um, the sexual experiences that I had to me were all amazing because I had thought for so long that I was going to be having sex with only one person for the rest of my life and that it wasn't ever going to be as great as it could be because I wasn't passionate about that person. Um, and so I was just enjoying myself and I continue to do so because I'm, like I said, I have no shame and I'm okay adjusting my sexuality to what feels right as I get older, as time passes. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, So for my next uh, big question, would you be willing to describe um, your best time so far or multiple uh, wonderful sexual encounters that you remember having? Yeah. That's fun to reminisce on. Um, it is. (laughs) I've written so many diary entries about having good sex and I wish I had pulled one up. (laughs) Um, Oh no. But yeah, I, I mean, sex with my partner now is really great. Um, because, and I think what makes it great is that we have fun. Like sometimes, it's an accident that we just end up having sex because we're just playing and having fun. And it naturally just kind of becomes more and more intimate and sexual. Um, and also I feel completely free to carve out my sexuality with this person. Um, which is the first time I've only been in two long-term relationships, but this is the first time that I've felt completely free to consider every aspect of my sexuality. Um, Like right now, my partner and I are talking about like open relationship, like maybe, maybe trying that out. And Mm -hmm. I don't know whether or not that'll be the best option for us, but I think the fact that we're able to be really open with each other about taboo stuff even um, makes me feel more accepted and free to be my complete sexual self with my partner. And Mm -hmm. that just means great sex. Um, But I also had one really spectacular hookup Mm -hmm. with this guy. And I I actually came back for seconds, (laughs) to put it crassly. Um, (laughs) But he, first of all, was super well endowed, which felt amazing. But more importantly... um, He, I think, was kind of a sex geek. Like, he was interested in um, communication and sex and exploring what the other person wants and likes and things like that. And I think it manifested itself in him 
talking to me a lot while we were having sex, which I realized I really liked mm-hmm. um, and didn't realize that I was missing. But I remember like he would stop in the middle of sex just kind of when it reached kind of a slowdown point where it wasn't building up anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the peaks and valley. <laughs> um, but when it was in a valley, he would stop still inside of me and ask me like philosophical questions or um, about my upbringing and, and shit like that. Just super intimate questions. And I have no problem answering those. And I love answering those. And so that was super sexy to me. Like it was very, it turned me on hardcore basically like to have that kind of conversational intimacy with someone while they're literally inside of you. It was awesome. Whoa. Can you talk a little bit more about um, talking during sex, both like having philosophical conversations and just like communicating about the sex? Because I feel like that's something some people are afraid of. Um especially people who aren't very experienced. They're like afraid to voice what they want or they, I don't know. They, they just feel like sex should be this fluid wordless activity. Um, and that's clearly not your preferred experience. No, it's not because I'm really great at masturbating. So if I don't want to make a connection (laughs) with someone, I can just do it by myself. I really like sex primarily for the connection with another person. And it's almost like trying to go on a date by watching a movie in the movie theater. Like you're sitting next to each other having the same experience, but you're not sharing it um, unless you're kind of talking and getting to know each other. And um, I, I remember we, he would ask me questions. Well, like I said, just kind of my philosophical, philosophical views on things like I think we discussed Ayn Rand and her politics because he's like oh my dork. and I've never got through Atlas Atlas Shrugged like he was quoting that thing um but I know Ayn Rand's politics so I was kind of talking with him about how I felt and about that and stuff and um we were talking about like past ex- past sexual experiences and what made them hot or not, I guess. And mm-hmm. he would stop in the middle. And I, I think he, he would not only ask me if I was enjoying what he was doing, but also like what I liked in general in sex. And he also like would point out things on my body and be like, I really like the way this looks. Like, I think he like was, I looked behind me and he, <laughs> behind me. <laughs> And he was like talking about how he liked the way my vagina looked and stuff and just being super open and kind of like weirdly. So was his style, I think, (laughs) but it worked for me. Wow. That's so fascinating. That really, I feel like it does not happen with everyone. Yeah. Especially Um, with a hookup. mm Mm-hmm. So, My last major question is, um, how would you describe um, how you have grown and changed as a person 
uh, between experimenting with your friend for the first time in a tent and uh, where you are in your relationship with your partner now? Um, and what have you learned about sex? Hmm. I think the thing that has changed the most for me is that I have got to a place sexually and religiously um, in that, in my case, I'm no longer in a religion, but I just have learned to question whether norms are inherently valuable or if they're just arbitrary. And I think what I've come to learn from that is that my sexuality is a fingerprint, essentially. And as long as I'm being respectful of others and that it's consensual, I don't think there's anything that I could do sexually that is wrong. And so for one, I've grown in a major way in that I no longer have any shame surrounding sex at all. I think it's amazing and empowering. And I've never been able to say that before. Um, Another thing is that I have come to terms with some aspects of my sexuality and of my sexual personality that I tried in the past to kind of suffocate or ignore being that mainly being um, that I'm not just attracted to men. Um, and I don't think I'm just attracted to women either. I think I just like sex as a way to connect with people. Um, so I think I've picked up some, I wouldn't call them quirks, but I've accepted some things about my sexuality as an adult that I wouldn't in the past. And Mm -hmm. I'm also, I have no shame. I think that's the number one thing. I have no shame. And that's been the hugest change for me. That's so wonderful to hear. And I have one more follow-up question that might be a little vague. Maybe it'll stay in the interview. Maybe it won't. Um, But can you talk a little bit about your relationship and the sex that you have with your current partner that makes it so good? Yeah. Um, well, I think I, I'd love to talk more about it because I think our relationship is so special, um, in all aspects of the relationship, um, but sexual as well. Like I, first of all, my current partner, I met him days after I signed my divorce papers, um, and I think he days later officially signed his divorce papers. So we were going through divorces, leaving the Mormon church, leaving BYU all at the same time. Um, and when we met, we didn't try being romantic at first, but we just have amazing chemistry. Um, we understand each other somehow and our energies, I think, just match. And that was really important to me and what I felt I was missing in my marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when I found it, it made sex easier because I didn't have to 
And I don't have to think about anything else except for how good it feels to be having sex when I'm having sex with him. Um, and beforehand it felt slightly forced, almost like it's kind of hard to describe, honestly, but, um, so I think chemistry for me has been kind of number one as far as, and I didn't touch on this earlier, but as far as it being great sex is just that our energies vibe really well. Um, but another thing is that, yeah, I don't think we take it too seriously. Um, I think the other night we were in bed talking and I just kind of reached over and grabbed my vibrator and put it on his inner thigh and was like, does this feel good? And we were kind of like giggling and then we started just playing and eventually having really great sex. So I think like the fact that it's, there's no sort of pretense around it. We just have fun and explore each other. So I think being super comfortable is probably what that boils down to. Um, and then, yeah, communication. I emphasize that to the grave, <laughs> just talking to each other about what kind of sexuality you have and what's interesting to you, what you might try, what you won't try and why. And, mm -hmm. you know, admiring each other's individuality and making it into a sexual partnership it, through that lens. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Lainey. I really, really appreciate having you as a guest. Um, you had expressed interest in being on the show before, and I was just really excited to hear from you. And um, because the, I think the last time I had seen you was at your wedding in, uh, in the Mormon yeah. temple. <laughs> and then like I started following you on Instagram like about a year ago or so. And I was like, hmm, she looks like she's changed. I would love to hear about her life. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yes, wonderful. But so, yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure. And do you have any closing words for the listener? Any, any final thoughts or words of advice? Um. I guess just my motto for life and sex in general is that if you're not loving and if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. I think that's good. Thanks. Awesome. Well, have a great evening and thank you again. You too, Robin. It's so good to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Peak, which is hosted and produced by me, Robin. Our theme music was written by Johnny Manchild of Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards. You can follow us on Facebook or at our website, thepeak.blueberry.net. That's thepeak.blubrry.net. If you have a question or comment about anything we talked about today, or if you would like to be a guest on the show, send me an email at thepeakpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.